0: To the podcast, anything that you want, no, we got that. Sports, we got that. Joke, we got that. And we just getting started, so don't turn me down, stop that. From LA all the way to the A, Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow, so make sure you pay attention, okay? Ready, here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. What? And gentlemen,
1: good evening. How's it going? This is episode 122 of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Cohen Hughes, coming to you live from the Degenerate Studios in Smyrna, Greater Metro Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we are about two miles from where the Braves play baseball. We are fiending without baseball. Um, I already told you my name is Cohen Hughes. Let me introduce a longtime guest of this program, a great friend, Harrison Coburn.
0: What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, I would say fiending is an understatement. Yeah. I think the the Braves fans may burn down the battery if this Josh Donaldson signing isn't official by the end of the week.
1: By the end of the day. Yeah. All right, we're, we're getting him back, right, Harrison?
0: Definitely. So, I mean, the Nationals are making all these moves to fill out their infield
1: And the Twins already spent some of their money that they had kind of allocated to this, right? Like, it would be a long shot for them to be able to get him.
0: Well, the Nationals did. I mean, they signed Will Harris, which I thought was a great signing for them because their bullpen sucked, and he's one of the best relievers, regardless of what happened in the World Series. I mean, you know, that was just kind of like a perfect pitch that he got unlucky on. But, uh, you know, they signed his Drupal Cabrera. They signed... uh, What's his, Starling Castro mm-hmm. from the Marlins. Great signing. So, I mean, that right there, that's about, you know, half of the money that they were probably going to throw at Josh Donaldson. I mean, there's like, saying that he they, you know, they may be in the mix, but I'm not buying it at all. Twins have expressed pessimism about getting him back. So, and, I mean, at the same time, Josh Donaldson's made it clear, like, he wants to come back to Atlanta. He was going to give them final call on whatever offer that he did receive, give him a chance to match. So the so,
1: offer that we have at right now is like what, 4 years for 100 and 2 or 3 million. It's right at 25, 26 a year.
0: I mean, it's been confirmed they offered him 4 years, I would have to imagine it's over 100. There hasn't been like a any sort of number that's really been thrown out there, but you know, just based on the contracts that have been out there, based on the fact that, you know, a couple of teams are out, you know, that would Seem like that's around where the price tags at, probably somewhere between 100 and 115 million for four years.
1: What really makes me sort of weary, and I because you talked me down from a ledge, I think three or four days ago, whenever I hit you up about it, um, we expected as Braves fans because he knows that he prefers Atlanta. We know that he would give us final call. We know that last year was, in, in my opinion, one of the top two years of his career in terms of being a baseball player. Um, I'm a little weary that as soon as we offered the four, he didn't take it. Is that just him trying to milk out more money?
0: It could be. I mean, for all we know, you know, he could be vacationing right now and he's just not in a rush. I mean, you know, it's not like it's February yet. There's no reason for him to jump at it yet. And we are our timeline
1: is skewed because this stuff is happening earlier and earlier every year. We're not even making it to the winter meetings yet before guys are, are dropping the dime.
0: I mean, there's really no advantage of him not taking that deal unless the Braves say, hey, look, like, we're giving you a deadline because otherwise, you know, we're going to go sign Marcelo Zuna and make a trade or whatever, you know. I just don't
1: want to get cut. That's my thing. I just don't want to sit here and fiend over him and, you know, he, he draws this long process and then we're stuck with our dick in our hand late in the offseason and there's really nobody else like Mike Bustakis that would be a great plan B. He's, he's not He's gone already, you know, like.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought after Rendell was gone, it would be just a matter of days Mm -hmm. until Donaldson signed. He's kind of waiting it out, but it's it's close though. It's close. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know, for all we know, uh, the Braves are just kind of maybe they were just playing the long game, like you know, making the Nationals wait. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and I know that we have the the Braves Chop Fest coming up in in, in late January, so for all we know, they're going to wait until a fanfare event to announce it, you know, like, because the Braves are into that kind of thing now. Like, the corporations and everything, I, would, I wouldn't I be surprised if they waited until a, a, a big fan event to announce something like that, or, 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 like, a big day, like an event.
0: I had, like, a dream, like, probably four or five days ago. And it was that, like, I was at the... Josh Donaldson press conference. But, like, I was, you know how dreams are. Like, they're totally weird. Like, you know, I was, like, in an arena, but the next thing I knew, like, I saw him, like, on the field in, like, a uniform. Mm-hmm. He was standing next to, like, Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson. They announced all at the same time that they had extended Dansby mm-hmm. and extended. Good. Freddie Extend Dansby. I love Dansby. Donaldson. So, I mean, if that happens, you heard it hear first. Yeah. I had the premonition. The premonition, but, uh, the that's so Raven moment, this
1: man Harrison Coburn did it.
0: But we'll, we'll, I, don't, I don't know about all that, but I, I do think Donaldson will be back. So. Me they, too, uh,
1: me too. After how events have transpired, I'm a little wary that he hasn't signed yet, but um, it's between us and two other teams. You know, like I I think that we have the best shot given that he played here last year and enjoyed success here last year. I don't think that he wants to go to the AL to go be a DH somewhere. Um, I think he's shown too much promise as a third baseman even late in his career like this. So I think it makes the most sense for him to be back in Atlanta, and um, I think he's a pretty logical guy.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing, the reason I'm not so worried about the four years is I think about halfway through this contract with a new bargaining agreement, National League will have a DH most likely. So, you know, second half of that deal, he can DH.
1: Mm -hmm. I would love to see – I'm not going to say I would love to see a DH because I think the DH is a dumb position. Um, I would like to see them switch to the same mode of play, though. I, I don't. I, I don't like that. Agree. I don't like that one league has it and one league doesn't. I would like to see the American League adopt pitchers hitting, or I'd like to see the Nationals adopt DH. You know, like it would. It would be. It's it, it's kind of like the dumb thing of between college rules and 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 pro rules in football. We want to see it on the same playing field so we can actually see what we're really getting with teams and players. So I just think they need to even it up, no matter how they do it.
0: I hundred percent agree with you on both fronts. Uh, baseball and football but yeah i mean you know i don't care either way it's like you know everybody has a dh everybody doesn't but at this point i'm just kind of leaning more towards just have the dh because you know watching pitchers, it's almost kind of a waste of time like i'm all about like old school baseball bunting and, and getting guys that. over but yep. like okay what are you going to tell like nelson cruz and edward edwin Encarnacion at the end of the year and like the teams that paid them it's like oh well you can't you are just got to retire like I'm like not for I'm about creating jobs. I'm not about taking them away. You know, that opens up 15 more jobs for guys to extend their careers. And it
1: does. And and, and these guys are usually um, fan favorites. They're usually big-name pros who can, hit, who, who can hit really good, but because they've gotten so old and fat, they can't really
0: play the field no more. Thank you, Cat. Yeah, Coven's kind of just – Jumped on the studio booth here. Yeah, the studio
1: booth is now filled with cats.
0: Yeah. Let's so, see if she can sit still. I think she has a take. Yeah, a she take. got a hot can... take.
1: I think she's going to tell us how Josh Donaldson is going to resign yeah. for three years and the cheap. Yeah, she
0: just said that she had the same dream about Dan's being Freddie.
1: Oh, my God. It's, it, it's, it's becoming worldwide. But um, that was just a little Atlanta talk to get us started off the episode. Uh, for those new listeners who may not know, Harrison is um, second in charge. I, I, he really created the place, but he is um, second in charge at a very popular site now. They just now got on Bleacher Report, what, two months ago?
0: Uh, I'd say it's probably been like a year and a half
1: now. No, for, for Bleacher Report. No, okay. yeah. It's, it, it, it's been on there?
0: Yeah, it's been on there for a while
1: now. Well, my sense of time is always flawed, but Harrison <laughs> um, helps run eight, uh, Sports Talk ATL, it is a really popular. They actually now have passes to go to Hawks practices and Braves practices and press conferences. So um, they're really growing. They're really good and good. I'm glad that he took the time out of his busy schedule to come do um, the podcast with us. Says he likes doing it, but we're going to test how true that really is by how we keep inviting him in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I keep coming back. So
1: I don't know why, but he does. I'm, I'm like
0: that. I'm like that clingy actually. I just keep coming back. Kitty,
1: come on. The cat. The cat is over here over here going wild. Go, my girl. We love you. Go. See ya. Wow. What a fucking bitch. All right. well, our our first order of business is to review the college football semifinal games. Um, Both were not very good. Both were very eventful. But both were not very good. I enjoyed personally the Clemson-Ohio State matchup. But first, we will talk about how Oklahoma just absolutely got annihilated by LSU they had what 52 points after the first possession of the third quarter um it was it was it was close when it was 7-7 in the in the beginning of the first quarter but after that LSU ran away with it
0: yeah I mean I'm an Alabama guy so obviously I was sad that they didn't make the playoff but yeah I was pretty happy when Oklahoma got in because I thought it would be a team that you know could actually at least like compete yeah know? no me too i 100% agree we know that we were we knew that they were going to lose but like i thought that they could at least like put up a decent fight i didn't think it was going to be like a a washington or a michigan state No. Overseas, you know but i mean i think if anything that just showed how strong lsu is so i mean oklahoma yeah maybe they weren't as good as we thought but they're still a great program one of the best teams in the country. Have one of the best LSU. players playing quarterback. Yeah, have they, the, have
1: the best wide receiver, maybe second to Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, they, they got smoked. I mean, they, I don't even really know, like, how much more there really is to say about it. I mean, like, Joe Burrow's ridiculous. LSU, they're my favorite to win the whole thing. And uh, Oklahoma, we'll, we'll see what happens with them next year, if they're going to bring in another transfer, the Spencer, whatever guy is going to start, but – uh they're going to lose some guys uh, in the draft this year so i think they're definitely going to downgrade and it, it's a bummer but i i was also kind of surprised you know i really thought lincoln riley could have been a guy for that cowboys job
1: yeah and um everyone is saying that that he would i didn't think so personally because i don't i think the college game is a little bit too comfortable for him I think he can do what he wants and kind of run his program the way he wants to. Um, the thing about the Cowboys' job in particular for him, I get it that it's the it's the big name vacancy, and I get that it's the actual you know like it's the holy grail of of new hires because you have Dak and Zeke Elliott, and you know you have the America's team quote unquote. So that that the rumor had some smoke to it, but I think he's too comfortable in college, and I think that. The NFL game, he's not ready for yet. I think that uh, Cliff Kingsbury fell in the same category, but he is brave and he tried to do it anyway. And, he, and Cliff Kingsbury didn't have a bad first year or anything. It was just you could see the obvious limitations and the inexperience. So for that reason, I thought Lincoln Riley was out. Um, but if he did, the Cowboys would be the one job that he went to out of that, or you know maybe a team like the New York Giants, team that are you know still plays on primetime, still has good players. Um, but we learned that that's not true today because they hired a head coach. We, we teased that. We will go to that later in the episode. Um, but Harrison's right. and In my notes, I have like five words written down for this game. Oklahoma disappoints. They just me, – me and him both thought that they were going to give LSU a good run, maybe in the first half or something, but that wasn't the case. Um, no, they weren't a Utah. They weren't a Washington State. They weren't an Oregon. But – we were looking for a way better game than this, and whenever you give up, I think, 35 points at half and then they score on the next possession, make it 42-7, to seven, That's it's. there's no way you can win. It's absolutely done. Um, the second game, though, of the night was really, really, really good. I was actually at the battery watching this game with my boys and my mom and my dad. It was her birthday, so we all went out, you know, got hammered, did our thing. Um, Ohio State versus Clemson. I am usually not one to take up for programs like Ohio State. I'm usually the one who kind of laughs and relishes in the fact when they get, you know, kind of screwed like this. Um, I'm not saying that that, that the targeting call cost them the game. That's not that's not what I'm saying at all. But like just watching the way that they played, they should have beat Clemson. They played well enough in the first 49 minutes of that game to beat Clemson, but. You let Trevor Lawrence rack off a 80 yard touchdown run when he looks like the kid from Remember the Titans, Sunshine. And I saw because I rewatched the game this morning uh, in, in preparation for this episode. Because this, this is a big episode. We just had a lot of shit happen. Um, Ohio State couldn't tackle. Ohio State couldn't find the right coverage. It was they everything they did in the first half just they they, they couldn't replicate it. They played well enough, in my opinion, to beat Clemson. They should have beat Clemson. Um, that bogus um targeting call really changed the complexion of the game i do not think it was targeting um especially not for the college game this is one of those things that i hope they get right because college football and i don't i'm not a huge college football fan i've self-admittedly i i I root for a team called the two lane green waves i'm not really vested in this that much but ohio state played well enough to win that game and they should have um Clemson, props to him. Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football, and it's not even close. Uh, Joe Burrow's really good, but he's not Trevor Lawrence at all. And not just because I'm from the same hometown as this kid, but Trevor Lawrence, he, he's a pro quarterback that has to play four years in college before he goes. You know, like, he is a different animal and the same beast. He's almost perfect at the position of quarterback. I didn't think they were going to run him as much as they did in this game, but... Um, hey, that's why I'm not a college football coach. They found a way to beat Ohio State. They stole the game from them, in my opinion, um, not through any fault of their own. You know, It's not like they, they were slimy about it, but Ohio State played like the better team, but somehow Clemson had more points at the end of the game.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to agree to disagree with you just on the Burrow thing. I think Trevor Lawrence will probably be a better quarterback in the NFL long-term, but you know, right now this national championship game, I'm, I'm going with Joe Burrow. I mean, this guy's just – Playing at such a ridiculous level, I think his completion percentage is like a, a hair below eighty percent to go with his, was it like fifty-two touchdowns, six interceptions? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. But and half of them are from thirty-plus yards out, you yeah, know, yeah. like. I mean, he's he's been unreal. It's it's going to be a great game to watch. But I'm going to backtrack for a second here. Uh, as far as the Ohio State game, you know, I thought that was a catch and a fumble on that should have been return touchdown. Yep, definitely changed the complexion of the game. Uh, I thought that was a total missed call. Those are actually the same, the same officiating group that did that iron bowl, and uh, gave Auburn that free second to kick that field goal. Which that was, was that was so game. that
1: was so weird. Like it's like just because there was any sort of weirdness about it, they just stopped the clock and just gave Auburn one untimed down just for the fuck of it. You know, like I've never seen seen any last second and there was officiating no ch- call like that.
0: There's no chance that they were getting down the field in, like, that five seconds. No. Like, there was just no way.
1: I like the pro rule where it's a, like, a, like a runoff. You know, like, yeah, like, we'll yeah. stop the clock and we'll do it for you. But there's no way that you could have, even if we didn't. So there has to be a runoff.
0: I mean, I, I don't even know if I can really blame that on the officiating because I think it's just a stupid rule. I, I think that's a rule book problem. But, if it is, I wouldn't know. But, I mean, I do think, you know, Alabama deserved most of the penalties in that game. I mean, like, they had, like, over ten false starts. And, yeah. like, you just mm-hmm. don't deserve no. it at that point. No. But I definitely thought it was a poor officiated game. Uh, in general, there's just a few ridiculous calls, and I I felt the same way about this one. I mean, the officiating ruined the game. Usually, I'm the guy that like, pass the officials on the back, especially in the NFL. Like, it's crazy how good those officials are, but, you know, I'm usually not that guy who's like... And football is, hands down, the
1: hardest game to officiate. There's holding on every play. There's P.I. on every catch. It's just, you have to determine. It's It's judgment calls, and it's tempo, and that's what sucks. This is why I'm a big proponent of, of of computer refs and machines because I want to be able to get every call right, so we can quit this ah gray area type of thing. I hate that. I want every I want every rule to be enforced because I know they call it on my guys. So I don't want to be for there to be anything left in the dark. That being said, officiating football is the one of the, t- the hardest jobs in the world.
0: Yeah, but like Alabama, you know, I just talked about in that Iron Bowl, they had mm-hmm. all those false starts, and they deserved to lose. And the reason that Ohio State, I guess you could say, quote, deserved mm-hmm. to lose is the fact that they drove the ball down the field that many times and had to sell for a field goal. And, ho- and only so had 22 times. points all the game. Yeah. They're I like, mean, mm-hmm, 100%. You-, you convert. One you know, more of those, the game's out of reach. You-, you convert at your season average. You essentially blow out Clemson. I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. first, beat them by 14 first points. Half, this game was looking like it was going to be a complete bloodbath. Mm-hmm. I was loving it. I didn't think
1: Clemson. I didn't think Clemson was 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 going to win even before the game started. Um, I thought they were weaker than they have been in years past, and hell, that still may be true. But Clemson definitely turned that switch in the second half that made this game a classic.
0: Yeah, and you know, props to Dabo Sweeney. He's a great coach. Awesome coach. Um, you know, the best coaches. You know, we saw with Saban against Georgia a couple of years ago in the Natty. You know, the best coaches are the ones that can go in the locker room, make adjustments, make the right adjustments. So. I mean, power to them. I still think LSU is going to take care of them. I just think Me too. It's, it's their year, but, you know, they'll get back Trevor Lawrence next year, and, you know, they're, they're going to keep competing. They're not slowing down anytime soon. They got five five-stars coming in next year. That guy is, you know, well on his way to building his own dynasty. It's already started. So.
1: Well, out of the 120 players that belong to Clemson football that are actually on the inactive roster, um, I think out of the 120, I think, like, 70 or 80 of them or, or underclassmen?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I believe it. They just lost so many guys last year. And, you know, statistically, their defense was just as good, even though, you know, they may not have as flashy of NFL prospects, whatever. But, um, you know, they got it done. Uh, definitely props to them. Uh, I think both teams probably deserved to win. I mean, I really thought Ohio State got shafted. I could agree with that. But, uh, you know, when you don't convert in the red zone and what, against a team like that. And as as and this is a, a
1: little bit of backtrack. This is a little bit of, you know, kind of coach speak right here. But And, and, and this is what, why I'm interested in, in, in coach speak like this because they do make some great points all the time. Um, if you have to rely on one referee's call to keep you in or out of the game, you've lost. You haven't done yourself a justice. You shouldn't be able to leave it up to one play. You didn't do enough in the first half, in the first three quarters, in the first 15 possessions to distance yourself from that one call. You didn't play well enough to win. So that's what happened to Clemson, and they usually get the benefit of the doubt on these kind of things, and I think that's kind of what all the saltiness is about, especially with me, that you can see what you know. Um, I think that they played like the vastly superior team, but lack of discipline – and coasting in the second half is is ultimately what cost you.
0: Yeah, definitely so.
1: So, Harrison, let's pick the uh, national championship, which is about five days from right now, um, and some change if you want to get mathematical. Um, It's in New Orleans at the Dome. Home game. Home game for LSU, I think, which bodes extremely well for them.
0: They're going to burn New Orleans to the ground if they win.
1: Yep, and God help them, I hope they do, because I hate that fucking city. Um,
0: I've had some good times,
1: but it's a little—it's a little ratchet. A little ratchet. It smells like running shit through downtown, <laughs> my man. Don't do them any favors. Um, Clemson is plus six and a half. LSU six and a half point favorites. Um, what really kind of throws me about this game is that the money line value is at plus one eighty, which is kind of low for a six and a half point favorite. It's almost a whole touchdown. Um, but as it sits right now, I'm just going to take Clemson or, or LSU minus six and a half. I think that it'll be a full touchdown or a 10-point game by the time it's done. And if you can stay within minus 6.5, I think that's a good spot to have LSU. Um, I think they're going to win the game. I don't think they're going to dominate. You know, depends on what your definition of dominate is, but I think they're just going to win the game handedly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Vegas is essentially daring people to take Clemson plus 6.5. It's like, take this, take this. Uh, I just think LSU is so strong, especially after seeing – you know, this was the first game we really saw Clemson tested, and you know they ended up beating Ohio State. But you know LSU was just wiped out every single team, mm-hmm. every single defense yep. all year. Even
1: that um, game, even that game they beat Bama in. Yeah, I know it was a, a six point game or a five point game there at the end, but it was it took yeah. a hell of a comeback to make at that point. They dominated Alabama
0: for yeah. Three. Quarters. It took a deep ball to Devonte Smith to kind of you know get that game looking closer than it really was. Yeah. It essentially garbage time. It was. It was. Uh, but, you know, I at the end of the day, you know, six and a half points is a lot. But, gun to my head, I still think LSU probably wins this game by a touchdown. So, uh, I, I don't know if I would personally bet on this game, but I would definitely go with six and a half uh, LSU if I were.
1: Well, Harrison, we are degenerates. So, I and our fans will be betting on this game because we need the action. We need it. We fiend for it, just like me and you fiend for Braves baseball, Utah Jazz basketball, Alabama football, Ravens football, Haw- Hawks basketball. I guess if you can, if you can fiend for that, it's kind of like heroin. You know, you're worse off every time you take it. Um, we will be betting on this, and my official daily degenerate podcast pick for the national championship in twenty. I guess it's still twenty nineteen because you know. The season, but um, I will be taking LSU minus six and a half as long as it stays within that full touchdown I and mean, it's a safe play. LSU, I could see them winning by more. Um, is there any chance that Clemson wins? Maybe they don't have to be because Etienne and Trevor Lawrence just will the team to even it being close, and they have a magical drive at the end. I don't think that Clemson has any reason that they could win this game handedly. I think it's an overall mismatch, like a motherfucker. But still six and a half. This is still a national championship game. We, saw, we thought the same thing about Bama versus Clemson a few years ago, that Bama was going to wipe the floor with them. But it turns out it was the opposite way, that Clemson actually wiped the floor with us. So, you know, it is what it is. We will be watching next Monday at 8 o'clock. Um, I want to assume it's on ESPN because they've had a lot of the college games this year. Um, as long as it's not Booger, that's fine. Man. As long as it's not Booger, McFarland and Joe Tessitore, I am more than fine.
0: They got to, like, yeah, like, switch that up next
1: year, right? Like, yeah, the the memes are funny, and, like, it's it's cool, you know, da-ha-ha-ha, ha, ha, booger, duh. But we're, we're being robbed of actually a good TV-watching experience. Like, I've gotten robbed watch watching games on mute now and just play Xbox or something, you know, well, like. I'll
0: tell you this. I'll tell you this, Joe. I'll tell you this, I Joe. At the end of the night, either Clemson or LSU
1: are going to be national champions. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I got you, Tess. Uh, because Clemson didn't score as many points as LSU, that means they are losers in this football game. Back he to also didn't have
0: as many yards. You know,
1: you, or, or, or tackles, or uh, big plays. So uh, we'll send it back to you guys in the studio. It's funny. We love it. It's gotten kind of old. Put him I back w- in
0: his droid or whatever. Let him give our, his 15-second, if that. Like, he cannot be in the booth anymore. It's no. ridiculous.
1: I would rather him be in the chair because I wasn't at those games we were complaining about that it obstructed the view. I'd rather see him in the Booger Mobile for little quirks and little tidbits, because he does have some things that he adds that are valuable to the game, but to extrapolate his talking points over a whole game makes him seem, I'm not going to say dumb, because he's not a dumb guy. He's got a way better job than I do, but it just makes him seem kind of short-sighted and misinformed.
0: I mean, if I'm ESPN, I'm backing up the brainstorming. Tony Romo! Well, I mean, like, Romo would be great too, but I, I would, dude. I'll throw on like Kevin Harlan. That guy's sick. He makes every single game so. Yeah, electric. but
1: he, yeah, but then then he would be doing every single sports game ever,
0: I mean, except for college he football. Does, he does some Fox uh, Sunday games. He does baseball. I'm he sure, does basketball. Yeah, but like usually TNT. I don't think they usually have like Monday night games like for
1: Harlan. No, I, it's it's probably a.
0: Like Tuesdays, yeah. Wednesdays, Thursdays. probably
1: in, in in the middle of the week. That way, you can draw eyes to the or draw eyes to the TV in the middle of the week during the slow TV period. Um, I would love Kevin Harlan. Don't get it twisted. He makes every sporting event that he calls even Kevin better. Kevin Harlan
0: and Tony Romo. That would be the, that would be, the
1: dream team. That'd be the dream team. I and, and I'm, the money. I'm in the I'm in the camp that still likes you know Chris Collinsworth. I think he's very insightful. I don't like how he rags on my city every time he talks about us, but overall, I think he calls him. Good game.
0: I thought Collinsworth, sometimes he drives me nuts, but I, I thought that he did a lot better this year. He's, he's, he's
1: smarmy. His voice makes it to where you don't want to listen. Um, but I think if you just read what he says and listen to what he says actually with, with substance, I, I I think he's good. I think he's really smart. I don't, I don't think people will realize that he, I think, helped co-found uh, Pro Football Focus, which I think is a good metric that um, that, that certain stats are measured on. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, I take them with a grain of salt, but I think 65, 70% of the time, they're really good. they I mean, there, there's always some flaws in their scoring, but I mean, definitely one of my favorite websites out there, and they, they make great articles. They do.
1: They do. So, Collinsworth is, is fine with me. I, I I like him. I like the, you know, the NBC Sunday night with him and Al Michaels. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's really good. I think that's the best it's one they got going. Monday night football. It is. It's way Monday night football is the bottom of the barrel. I'd rather listen to Thursday night with Sergio Dip and fucking hannah salter
0: i mean i just want to talk about this real quick since we're already on the topic like low-key i actually hate every single sport that they broadcast on espn like baseball you have jessica mendoza who is a basketball's not bad player
1: yeah Uh, mendoza no
0: i can't stand espn basketball i hate jeff van gundy more than any other person broadcasting any game in any sport he's such an arrogant prick his takes suck he's obnoxious uh, Doris Burke, like she's I love, I love Doris. I love Doris. I just whenever I hear her on a game, I, I just and like she's just like dry. Not as bad as you Han, Hannah Mowen. You know, Hannah she, Mowen. She's just like dry. Like Beth. when Beth Doris Mowen. is on a game, I, I just like want to like put on my PJs and like go. To I like
1: I, I like Doris in the role that she's in now, where she'll go sit down for a minute and then she does sideline talk and she does coach interviews. Which I, I'm not a fan of the coach interviews, but I like her doing the auxiliary role that she's in now.
0: And like Mark Jackson, I think he may be even like worse than yeah. I'm not a fan of Mark Boogers. Jackson. Like Mark Jackson, just oh my god. I think he's he so like bitter. I think I watched he's watched those games on mute.
1: Yeah, I think he's so bitter that like he he didn't get credit for some of the success that Golden State got. That he is just like he's just the most bitter dude. He just doesn't add anything of value. He just he just wants to see the NF, or the NBA just not look good. You he's know, pissed
0: that Steve Kerr was a better broadcaster and coach and stuff.
1: coach both both things. Um,
0: Steve Kerr was a good broadcaster, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, I disagree with a lot of his stupid takes on things, but he was a great broadcaster. That's that's how I feel
1: about Chris Collinsworth. I I I think that sometimes he he says some things that are out of his own ass and that he knows are just to get kind of hot take looks. But I think that he's really good in what he does. I think he's really studied. I, th- I think he's a true professional.
0: Yeah, they they got to do something about Monday Night Football. They um, will. Joe, Joe's like whatever. Like they can replace Booger. Yeah. And like, I like it's somebody not really bad. good, and he can you know he can stay. Like yeah, I think would it be better if they probably went with two new guys, probably. But I mean, I think Joe's fine. Yeah. But Booger man, like it's it's just not Monday Night Football to me. Like, it's not. You know, like I didn't really appreciate Gruden enough until he actually left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, like I I missed the Gruden Monday Night Football. Yep. Like, that guy was a complete nut job. But at least he made it like entertaining. Yeah, he
1: did. He did. Boog is entertaining, ironically. We laugh at him. We don't laugh with him. Like we laugh he's, with. He's good for we, Twitter. I'm yeah, oh, him. he's awesome for Twitter. And the Facebook comments on any ESPN post are absolutely outrageously funny. But do
0: you think he gets like pissed when he goes on and reads? Oh, like-
1: has to be dude because he like it, it's so overtly mocking him. He has to know it's bad. Like he <laughs> like it's not like oh this is lovable kind of Michael Scott type shit. Nah, this is actually they're laughing at me. Um. Good segue into NFL. We just played Wild Card Weekend. It was a very entertaining Wild Card Weekend.
0: Great Wild Card Weekend.
1: I was two and zero on my picks. Um, I picked. I I was actually zero and two on Saturday and then two and zero on on Sunday. I picked um, in that first game. Bills money line. They should have won that game. They got absolutely screwed on the opening second half kickoff, where they, where the Texans returner just straight didn't call fair catch and just tossed it back to the referee, and he said no. He was doing the no-bow-shab, and as soon as he tossed it on the ground, the referee backed up and threw his hands up, and whenever the Bills jumped on it, he called touchdown. That and was wh- kind
0: of like uh, – what, what was the game, like, the last few weeks where – I think it was the Cowboys – they said instead of deferring, they were like. Yep, yeah, oh, the the Dak right. said the wrong thing, it's but like they the, gave it to him anyway. The any rest way. are just like, yeah. We know what he meant. We're just gonna fix it. And 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 they do the same exact thing, which
1: I appreciate where their head is coming. I appreciate the the, the thought so process. Much on the line, there's so, so much. On, this is a playoff game. And if you don't, I would I would have been salty if they would have gave it to him in some way too. But when it comes to it, this is again. When my, you got money on it, if if I had money on on the text, I would have been pissed. But you know. They, uh, it's one of those things to where, yeah, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, but this is why I'm so adamant about the robo-refs and the machines and the computers, because if you were just to get it to just a, a flat rate, just, hey, the rules are the rules, there's no wiggle room. It would be a rough transition, but once you were able to play playoff games and rules are rules, the Bills would have had a touchdown, and by the rules, they should have had a touchdown. It was he just threw the ball on the ground. like that's. You just have to be the most prepared guy in the league, and that's why Bill Belichick is so adamant about special teams is because you have to be the team that makes the least mistakes.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't really – as I said, you know, I kind of gave you my takes. Like, there's so much on the line. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Um, but it, was, it also boils back down to, like, You know, if you leave that room for error on one play, one call, you know, Josh Allen came back in that second half and he sucked. Oh, he was. I'm I'm not a Josh Allen fan. I am huge.
1: I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Uh, I'm
0: not. I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for him being able to, like, grind out as many wins as he did. I'm actually a big fan of the Bills. I think Sean McDermott is one of the best head coaches in football. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this guy. You know, 30% of the time, you will like, throw some absolute dime. And then the other 70% of the time, it's, like, the most inaccurate. Something that I've makes your seen. head shake. Like, somebody needs to, like, send this guy the memo, like, hey, dude, like, you're playing football, not rugby. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Mistakes talking, act,
1: like, mistakes actually cost you, my man. This isn't a fluid, you know, yeah. time clock.
0: I mean, you know, he's fun to watch, I guess, just because he's reckless. But I don't want him as my quarterback. That was
1: uh, the second half of that game on Saturday evening. Was perhaps one of the most immature displays of football that I've seen from a good quarterback in a while. Um, there were three plays in a row that were just head scratchingly bad. Um, <clears throat> where he, he on it was a second down where he had, um, no, it was a first down where he had a, a curl route that he, that he sailed over the guy's head. I think it was Cole Beasley, uh, or no, I think it was John Brown actually. And then there was a second down where he, where he you know, tried to do the the, toss back or whatever. That was just bad. And then um,
0: on yeah, like what was that? Third third and short. It's it's like it's not like it was like the last two seconds of a game. No, it
1: was. He still had five minutes to go. Yeah, like 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 he maybe down. could have gotten the ball back if they just would have taken their field position and kicked a field goal. I
0: mean, he he got lucky that that ball. They was Yeah.
1: Out of yeah no. Of course. Of, of course. That his man kicked it out of bounds. Um, and then, and then the third down, where he just, as soon as he was in the shotgun and took the snap, just started to run backwards. And it's like, dude, like you're on like the 30 yard line right now. I like don't take a sack and get yourself out of field goal range. Ended up getting tackled right on the logo. Took himself out of field goal range. Had to punt the ball back to Deshaun Watson. And you, yeah. you, you saw what happened. One like of it, the
0: rare games where the teams were playing so bad that it was, was just a good absolutely game. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? I loved it. I mean, I was amped after that game just because I'm a Ravens guy. I thought we were going to get the Texans. Oh, well, you know, I thought the Titans had a chance. I wasn't one of these Patriots. I was. But I was like, okay, like, you know, we, we get to play the Texans. That's basically like a bye week, and then the Titans won. So, that, that takes us to the next game. This one was a, it was a good game. But it was like a boring good game, this Titans-Patriots. Yeah. If it, like one touchdown in the second half. It's if like, I were
1: to describe to you, and I, I didn't think this was going to be the way it went um, – to, to be real, I just thought that – because the Patriots have never won a bowl if they've had to play on wild card weekend. So that's a very telling stat, and look what happened this year. I thought that it was going to be a Patriots beatdown. I thought they were about to just show up. Bill Belichick was about to tell Mike Vrabel, hey, my man, like better luck next year, you know, like, I know all your secrets. I'm the one who made you, da 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 Well, it was the exact opposite of that. He, uh, Vrabel knew what kind of game plan Belichick would call, so he prepared for it. Derrick Henry ran the ball. <laughs> Thirty-four times, 182, and then a touchdown. Um, he he ran the whole last two-minute drive by himself. Um, Tannehill played played really good. He, he had the one pick, but it really didn't hurt him there at the end. Um, he he did. He his role was perfect because he did what he could do, and you didn't give him a role big enough to where he could make a game losing mistake. You let him march up and down the field in the middle of the field, and then Derrick Henry started and finished drives for you. That's the way that the Titans should run. I've said this even with Mariota forever, ever, ever, ever. Uh, Derrick Henry is one of those guys who doesn't really. We can't really see him being extremely hurt. He wants every carry in the football game. If you he were, has to have it. if you if you ran the ball a hundred times, if you asked him by preference, how many of those how many of those do you want to be run run, run plays to you up the gut? He would say a hundred.
0: I mean that's how he won the Heisman Trophy, and it blew my mind that the Titans tried to do like this timeshare with Dion, Dion Lewis, Lewis. oh like two oh or three my years. God. So like, dude, Derrick Henry is like one of those guys you gotta feed him. You feed, just him just feed him until until, until he, works, until, he until, until he says he to quit. Feeds. And I mean, look, you know they managed the clock really well by running the ball so much with Derrick Henry that Vrabel using kind of like that loophole in the clock at the end of that game was. I mean, yeah, you hate that, but like, it's it's, it's a still rule. genius, it's and a you rule. know what? Who, who better to do that, too, than, than the original book himself, yep. Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. That was a, hey, fuck you. And it was, kind was, it was
1: awesome and, and funny to see how mad Belichick got when he exploited it with Bill knowing that he did it five weeks earlier to the Jets.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that was cool to see. I actually thought that the Titans were going to win this game just because uh, they've been so hot. Derrick Henry is finally coming into his own, playing at that Heisman level he mm-hmm. was in college. A.J. Brown... Uh, He's turning into, you know, one of the elite receivers in this league. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's been great. Uh, My biggest thing is, you know, I think this Ryan Tannehill thing, it's working for them. Uh, I kind of wanted to pick your brain about this. Uh, You know, he's a free agent this offseason, and so is Derrick Henry, actually. Uh, If it's me, you know, a lot of people, I know they're talking about extending Ryan Tannehill, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't. Yeah, don't you think you should just franchise tag him for a year and see, give him one more. You year? see if he can
1: he can replicate the play for one more year at at least something to.
0: close to the level. That
1: would be the most pragmatic thing. But knowing knowing Tennessee, I would think that they would they are going to extend Tannehill and then franchise tag Henry, and then Henry's going to get mad and he's in, he's going to leave the next year. That he I can't. think
0: I think they'll franchise Tannehill and give Henry the deal. They should. That, that's, that's what they should do. But I mean, Derrick Henry if, is their identity. Of course he is.
1: Look, When you hand him the ball fucking 40 times in a playoff game and it absolutely works. What, that, against that, the best that, defense in the uh, league. Against the best defense in the league. Um, it's, it, it's almost be a no-brainer. And I think that the fact that the Titans came in with a game plan saying, hey, the Patriots cover extremely well. They're the best coverage team in the league. They don't play the run as good as they cover, though, so why are we going to let Tannehill throw more than 16 times? We're just going to hand the ball to Henry and see if they can tackle his big ass, and they couldn't.
0: Well, if if you think that there's a big decision for the Titans to make on Tannehill, let's go to the opposite in the spectrum. Was that Tom Brady's last game for the New England Patriots? Of course not. I
1: think that that is – and if I'm wrong about this, this is a hill that I'll die on because this is just what we've seen and and, and what I know. I think that if you think that Tom Brady will ever play a snap of football for any team other than the New England Patriots – I think you had not been watching the NFL for the past, what, 19 years, I mean, 15 years, whatever? I think whatever. the only
0: way he doesn't is if the Patriots don't want him back. I feel like if they don't want him back, he's still going to be like, well, I said I was going to play to 45, so I'm playing until I'm 45. Uh, the only other team I could really see making sense for him would be the Colts, just because they have such a good line to keep him protected. Yep. Uh, they could probably go get him another receiver to go along with T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I think they would have to to kind of have to learn there. I do think, in reality, he probably will stay. But I think the Patriots are definitely going to have to make a move to get him another playmaker or two on offense. Obviously, you know he didn't have the playmakers. Tom Brady used to be that guy who could turn your average Joe into into a uh, Pro Bowler. Who he, who turned
1: countless lacrosse players into yeah, I mean, above average Julie receivers and I don't in the
0: league. West Walker were nothing's. They were nobodies um, until they played with Tom Brady. But now you're seeing the complete opposite. He's 42 years old. Uh, and he's still a great, you know, probably the smartest quarterback in the league, but he also can't really throw the ball more than 10 yards anymore. Nope. So they got to go get him a couple more weapons. I mean, Belichick's smart. They can still win. Uh, they just won the Super Bowl last year. They still got a great defense, but you know, they've got to go get somebody. I mean, Hey, maybe, maybe AB will be back. He says he'll only play with Tom Brady. Hey, I would love to see it.
1: <laughs> Everyone's heads would explode. Um, I think, actually, AB's next move is to fight Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whichever. Like, one, one, like one of the little YouTube streamers. The same because one I'm that...
0: single this week. Did you listen? It was interesting. It's probably
1: no more white bitches, fuck Robert Kraft, whatever bars, you know?
0: Actually, I don't really think there's much profanity in there. Really? There, there may have been. I can't remember. I just remember the song. Uh, it did not receive a download. I'll put it to you guys that way.
1: Okay. Um... No, uh, A.B. I don't think is ever going to play it down in the NFL again. But Uh, to answer your question, um, no. Tom Brady will never play for a different team. I think he will be with the New England Patriots until his dead corpse is scooped off the field with a shovel. Like Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning. Um, Let's talk about Sunday's games. The Vikings beat the Saints again for the second time in the last three years. They have lost to the Vikings in in the playoffs. Last year was the was the divisional. This year was the wild card weekend. Um, Drew Brees did not show up to this game. Alvin Kamara did not show up to this game. Latavius Murray played better than Kamara. I think the only offensive player that showed up to play this game was, I guess you could say one and a half. Half Michael Thomas, because he didn't really show us as much as he could have. But Taysom Hill was the only guy that showed up. He played every position multiple times. It was the Taysom Hill game. He almost did enough to keep him in it. Um, Brees missed throws. Brees had a fumble breeze had a pick um, and Saints fans I'll go ahead and tell you this that last play was pi 100% pi 1000 100% pi but when Marcus Williams is hand fighting with him and it's the last play of the game in OT when you've already you know kind of not played your best game it's going to be hard to get that call it was 100% pi that's not the reason you lost that game You lost that game because Drew Brees had two turnovers, and you couldn't activate anything on offense except for Taysom Hill.
0: Yeah, this was the first game I saw Taysom Hill. Obviously, we've seen him as a gimmick. As a gadget. Yeah, and he's been great, but this is the first time I ever saw him play and said to myself, like, maybe this guy really could be Sean Payton's next quarterback. Like, maybe –
1: I, I, I'm still on the doubters spectrum. Yeah, I think he's not, a really great saying, player. You know. I just think once you extrapolate his snaps over, you know, maybe 30 throws a game, I don't think it's going to be that good. Do I think that he could be a, a, a good dual threat quarterback? Yeah. Do I think he's the next thing since Slice bread?
0: No. I mean, neither do I. I just think that Sean Payton is just such an offensive genius. And, you know, in a bigger role, he did excel. It was just interesting to see, um, you know, that could have just been a Vikings thing, you know, They're just game planning like this is what they would struggle with. Uh, I did, you know, I, I wasn't one of these people who said, you know, Hammer Saint, Saints, Hammer Saints, Hammer Saints. I mean, I definitely think they're the better team. As a Ravens fan, I'm very glad to see that they got knocked off as a potential Super Bowl team. But uh, as, a, Vikings, as a live
1: human being, I'm glad to see that the Saints got knocked off. Yeah. I, I hate those fucking but, bastards.
0: You know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if the Vikings have it in them to make any sort of run or anything. But when you get to the postseason and you're that balanced – uh, you know, chances are you're, you're going to win a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, think of whatever you want about Kirk Cousins, but, you know. The monkey is finally time, off of his back. Yeah, the monkey is finally off of his back. Um, He's a good quarterback. He just sucks in prime time. Yep. So that's why a lot of people doubt him. But you look outside of that, they've got two great receivers, two great tight ends, an elite running game ran by Gary Kubiak, and they've got a good defense, probably the most underrated defensive player mm-hmm. in the league. They're an they're extremely uh, balanced team. Runner, um, extremely balanced yeah so I was happy to see it the only thing that pissed me off was seeing my boy and I love Stephon Diggs but like the fact that they were winning this game and he was bitching about knocking the ball it's like bro you're winning a playoff game right that's
1: now that's just Stop Stephon Diggs though so selfish. He so and, and to me and maybe this is cherry picking but the vibe that Stephon Diggs gives off is kind of like a Julio Jones vibe is whenever they say shit like that they're not being detrimental to the team they're just being you know gamers
0: but I mean, he like basically requested a trade at the beginning of the year because he wasn't getting the ball. Like, like I get it. Like he wants the ball, but at the end of the day, like whatever game plan you're going with today, like it's working. I understand. You know, they took a lot of the the, the targets away from these Vikings receivers this year, uh, and I'm sure that is for. But when your running back
1: runs for 3.8 a carry on 28 attempts, the ball's still moving.
0: So like, I, I love Stephon Diggs. Um but, you know, his attitude problem, frankly, is why he's not on the Ravens. I mean, he went to Maryland. He wanted to be a Raven. He went into his meeting with Ozzie Newsome, and literally said, I know y'all are going to draft me, so I'm wasting my time being here. And they didn't draft him. fell to the fifth round, even though he was a stud in college. So definitely an attitude problem there. I just thought that was really crappy to see. It's like, you know, you need to be in it more for the team than yourself here, bud.
1: And, and- – I, I, I agree with you I'm sure he is in it for the team he just needs to find the right way to express it
0: yeah
1: um, I don't think that it's Still detrimental might. or malicious in, in, in what he says I, I think it's kind of like Julio and obj it's you they, they want more targets because they know if they do get more targets the offense will move at a higher clip and I think that that, that, that macro in terms of macro they're thinking of the team but they just their message is wrong their delivery is wrong. Um, I thought that Stephon Diggs' problems with Kirk Cousins early in the year was not going to be detrimental to the team. I think that it was him telling everybody as a whole to wake up, and whether or not that was the right message, I don't think he was, he meant it to be maliciously or had an intent for it to be bad. But um, it worked. Whenever they started getting, you know, both threats involved vertically again, look at how much better their offense is. Um, let's talk about the last game. The Seahawks beat the Eagles in the Injury Bowl. Um, Carson Wentz went out in the very first quarter and thrown four pass attempts for and completed one for four yards. Um, got knocked out of the game in what I thought was an extremely dirty hit by Jadavian Clowney. If you're trying to tackle someone and bring them to the ground while they're already horizontally in the air, um, I think that you wrap them up, put your arms around them, you don't drive your, your head and shoulder in, into the back of their head. Um, I think that he should receive a fine for that. And, and, and I'm not usually the one who's out here giving out fines for dirty hits, but that was a malicious hit. That was ill-timed. He was already on, on his way to the ground. Um, to try to spike him and drive him into the ground by the hip like that is just not good. Um, and with the with, with the lack of points that Seattle's offense could put up in terms of the game flow, the Eagles could have had a chance to win that game if Carson Wentz was still in. McCown did okay, but he, all he was doing was throwing checkdowns
0: and shit. You know, yeah, like, McCown was also eighty
1: years old. Yeah, and, I mean, he was like eighteen for twenty-four. You know, like he had he had like good good ass numbers. I mean, in terms of completion percentage and you know that, but he just wasn't throwing the ball down the field vertically. And it was they, Sanders and Boston Scott were the only guys that could actually move
0: the ball for Philadelphia. I love Boston Scott. Man.
1: I th- I think that two headed running back tandem is really good, and I think they're going to be a hell of a lot better next year because yeah. of them.
0: Boston Scott's like the new scrolls.
1: Yep, um, I had I had um, Seattle minus two, which I thought the the line was a little bit tight whenever I first saw it, but kind of watching the game played out, it probably wasn't that tight. Um, Carson Wentz, oh God, I I wish we could see him play a full injury-free season, but I think the way that he plays hero ball and tries to extend every single play to the 100% of his percentile ability um, results in him getting hurt a hell of a lot more than other quarterbacks.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I'm like firing the whole training stuff after this year. I mean, yeah. you down to like one receiver, your QB gets hurt in the playoff game, you got your star tight end, pissing blood. I mean, Jesus.
1: I want you to call the, um, what's the guy, Guerrero, Alex Guerrero, the guy that does TV12. Call him and see if you can Get him to come in and get your guys right. Because get that doctor
0: off Twitter. Whatever, God, or
1: yeah. yeah. Or... or just call Doctor Oz or somebody. My man, you just got to have something good because your players are not healthy. Even in the game against the Falcons after in week two, you didn't have a real receiver on the roster except for Arseyia White. Sometimes that just happens.
0: I mean, Yeah. Oh, sometimes yeah. And sometimes,
1: sometimes your team here. gets bit just by the injury bug. But this is—it's becoming more bad. of a coincidence for the for the Eagles now. Yeah. In the third year of this, you know, kind of um, Doug Peterson kind of reign we've always had that injury negative connotation associated with the Eagles. So I agree with you. It's time to bring in a change. Um, the game was kind of boring once Wentz got out because you knew that the Eagles were done. Um, I, there was never a threat of them winning the game, even when it was fourth and eight in the red zone. And they decided – Josh McCown decided to run the ball because um, he had nothing else going, you know. Like it was – the, that the game was never in danger of, of, of being done. So – the Seahawks, in my opinion, just coached it to an easy win. If you ask Seahawks fan, Pete Carroll is the most notorious coach in the NFL. That even if he's up a touchdown in the second half, he will run the ball every time just to kind of bleed the clock and play that way. Um so they, they in my opinion they coached it to an easy win. And um we're gonna pick the games for this weekend, for divisional weekend. Right now, first up on Saturday, we have the Vikings at the 49ers. 49ers are seven point favorites. Um, over-unders at 44.5, so they're not predicting a very high-scoring game. Um, I, I would want to imagine the over is going to hit, but I'm also going to buy a half point back to 7.5, and, and we'll take Vikings plus 7.5. Let's see. we got
0: Vikings versus uh, Niners. Niners.
1: Vikings money line is at plus 260 if you're into really, know. really, really good value. I
0: mean, I, I, I like the 49ers even though. They haven't played that well. That's so I'm not crazy about that line. So I'm okay with taking the Vikings. I think seven points can be a lot for this one, but for playoff games, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, I think I'm pretty sure the Niners are getting Quan Alexander back. Um, I just think this is the type of team uh, they're just so good. I think they're going to kind of hit the reset button here now. that it's playoff time, you know, we got a couple weeks off. Um,
1: Let it'll get kind of unsore. Yeah. kind of let the, let the bones rest a little bit. They're better from not playing at, instead of like a team like New England who's better with playing.
0: I mean, hey, I would love for the Vikings to knock off the Niners. Me too. I'm um, rooting I, for. I'd them. like to play a new team in the Super Bowl if we get there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like the 49ers. We're talking money line. Uh, you know, obviously. I mean, they're pretty like heavily minus favored, 330. But, but uh yeah, I like the 49ers in this
1: one. Minus 7.
0: I guess. I mean, I'm I'm pretty that's, like, one of those I would, like, keep watching that line until game time. See how it moves. Like if it's, like, eight, I would take the Vikings. For, like, six, mm-hmm. I
1: would take the 49 Yep, I 100% agree. If it goes inside of a full touchdown, take the Niners, because it, this will probably be a 14-21 type game. Um, so watch how it moves. If it goes any lower than seven, lean 49ers. I'm still going to go Vikings because I'm kind of cheering for the Vikings, so give myself a rooting interest. Uh, I'm, definitely,
0: ne- I'm definitely rooting for
1: them. Yeah. Um, The next game on Saturday is uh, Harrison's Ravens are hosting the Tennessee Titans. The Ravens are a 10-point favorite, and I I just think they're going to blow up the Titans. I'm going to take the Ravens minus 10.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the Titans will give us a little bit of a fight. I mean, uh, the 10 points, it gives me confidence also – then the line make, yeah. itself makes me a little bit nervous. Any them. logical
1: I would pick Titans plus 10. But I mean,
0: we talked about it last time I was on the show. You thought I was crazy when I took uh, – And I did. I did think, think you were crazy. it was crazy. like Ravens minus – 16 and a half? 16 and a half against the Jets. Like, they, every single time that they've been favored by over 10 points and like They the show last, up. You know, 15 years, I think they're like undefeated, you know. Um, they haven't been favored that many times because we had Joe Flacco as quarterback. Or so, so everything's a seven-point game. But, uh, you know – Vegas is pretty smart. Uh, I think if they're saying ten points that uh, the Ravens are going to pull this one out, Handedly. the Titans are just so hot right now. But I mean, the Ravens obviously are just so. Hot. I mean, they haven't won- lost a game since like week four, I think. Uh, I almost kind of wish they did lose a game just to you know get that loss out yeah. of the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that they're definitely going to pull it out. Um, kind of like this other game. I don't know if I'm crazy about the line, but if you're like one of those historic betters who likes to use data to back up your bets. Definitely take a Ravens minus ten.
1: And then the very um we have two games to go. Texans, same line against the Chiefs. The Texans are plus ten. Um
0: see I'm taking Chiefs minus ten here. I, I, I think, think I'm gonna fade gonna... you
1: I think I'm gonna go Texans plus ten. Like it can still be a handed win by still by like by, by nine or ten points, eight, nine, ten points. So I like the the fact that the Texans are gonna backdoor cover this one.
0: I was think you know took some luck for the Texans to get past the Bills. I mean, I don't sleep the Chiefs, on the Bills now.
1: The Bills are a really good balanced team. I, I
0: know, but, you know, I think the Chiefs, you know, they're a little bit more balanced than they used to be. Their defense used to be porous. I think the reason I'm not crazy about the Chiefs, you know, beating a Ravens or winning a Super Bowl is because they have no run game. Uh, and I never thought I would say that about yeah. a Andy Reid team. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I still think regardless um, – I just think the Texans are kind of a fraudulent team, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to expose them this weekend.
1: Um, the overrunners at 51, I would have to imagine if the Texans have any shot of this game, the over would have to hit. Um, I don't think they have any shot to win at all. I, I agree with you. I think that this is the end of the road for them. Um, if they do cover or win, it's going to be on the back of Deshaun Watson. Um God, yeah, my official pick is Texas plus 10. If you want to get, you know, kind of safe by the half point to 10 and a half, but I think 10 points is fair enough for a playoff game.
0: I think it's a great weekend to put together a little teaser on all yeah,
1: these games. Yes, yes. The teaser is definitely one that would help you this weekend because you have two big spreads in the middle. So um, if you can get some extra help on those and maybe it, you know, helps cover for you, that would be the smart move. Um, last game we're going to talk about is the – Seahawks and the Packers, which will probably be the game of the weekend if you ask if you ask me, uh, so it will be the closest line. Seahawks are plus four, Packers are minus four. I'm going to take the um, I'm going to hit the Packers minus four in this one. I think that Russell Wilson they couldn't put up that many points against a bad Eagles defense. Once you get past the defensive line, um, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is out for blood. New head coach, everyone's taking him seriously. He finally gets one of these games at home. Um, I think the last one he had at home was in '06 or 07 against the Falcons. So, I'm going to take the Packers to win by four. I, th- I think it's going to be a full touchdown, maybe ten points.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Seahawks plus four just because, to me, this game feels pretty evenly matched, even in Lambeau. I just think that this Packers team is not nearly as good as their record indicates. Uh, I realize, I do realize... I can be willing to
1: agree with some, a statement like that. Yeah, like I
0: do realize that Aaron Rodgers only has, like, two people on that entire team who know how to catch a football. But there's also no denying that, like, it's a combination. Like, he has, nobody can catch the ball. They've prioritized the run more. But at the same time, I still think he's also declined by a decent little margin. I still think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But uh, he just hasn't looked like the same Aaron Rodgers to me all year outside of maybe one week. Uh, they do have a better defense. But to me, like, I just feel like the way these teams are kind of set up it's gonna come down to Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers, and just at this point in their career, right now, yeah, you know, I'm taking Russell Wilson, just because you know you're giving me the four points. As I said, I think it's a pretty even matchup. To me, this you know this could be a money line game in my opinion. I mean, the Packers are favored because let's see, we got a money line. We got know, we've got uh,
1: the Packers are minus two hundred, and then Seahawks are plus one seventy five.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if this game were in Seattle, I feel like Seattle would probably be favored by, like, a point. So, yeah, yeah, I'm just going with the points, and I'm taking Seattle.
1: Um, I'm glad that we differ on a few of our picks. That way we can kind of go back and forth on each other. I will compile these, and um, we we will see who, who did better, like we did for the College Bowl games and the Week 17 that we did. Um, I will give you guys a little update on the – podcast pick them we pick every single nfl game that's played this year and um, i finished the regular season in first place with a record of 131 120 and 5 which i think is right at like 54 53 and a half 54 which is you know pretty good for picking picking spreads but there were a few that i kind of definitely missed missed by a big shot went two and two this week in the playoffs so now i am 133 122 and five so same pretty much record because i went 500 um I think Brad was in second place. He roared back in the second half of the season to give me a run for my money. I only beat him by like three or four wins. Um, He went one and three in the playoffs. I I I did gain a game on him for uh, the rest of the games, and then Coon was in third, and then TP three was in fourth. Gus finished in fifth because he just wouldn't really send us his picks. Gus kind of flaked. So fuck you, Gus, for that. the last thing we're going to kind of just tease, we're not even going to talk about it, um, NFL Black Monday. We're going to have the whole offseason to talk about these kind of things, see how they work out, see what the, the money's work like. So we will um, do more of that whenever the time comes after postseason. But um, the Giants get the pass wide receiver coach, Joe Judge. I know very little about him, but...
0: I think he is also their special teams coordinator. Is he? And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the first one that's been hired since... Uh, John Harbaugh for us. Oh hell yeah! So, you know, That's it's good history. For us. Uh, I've never heard of the guy. Me um, neither. Most people have. Me neither. So, uh, we'll see. But you know, I'd still rather see a team do that than go after a guy like uh, uh, who's the Mike McCarthy. Yeah. You know, just like a coach, you already know what you're going to get, and it's not that great.
1: The Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, and uh, I can't believe they did that. I, I can believe it, but I, I didn't think that was the direction they were going to go in. Um, I'll I'll say this. I think that it's a a safe hire. I think that it um, tempers expectations to a high floor and a low ceiling. Um, And I think with the right formula, he can make make the playoffs and win a game, but I don't think that he's their guy at all. Um, I think that's a bland hire. I just think that's kind of just a regurgitation of old NFL ideas. Yeah, and and, and they'll have to. And even if shit goes well, they'll have to have a coach in three years just because the – Locker rooms get stale. The messages get, you know, Especially repeated. Especially McCarthy. Especially McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers hated him. Yeah. When you can't win with Aaron Rodgers and you lose rapport with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to say he's easy to work with, but he can't be all that hard because he does most of the heavy lifting himself. You just stand back there and take credit for it. Um, I don't I don't love that hire for the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, it's it's safer than some, not as promiscuous and not as bold as most. So who knows how it's going to work out? Uh, we can see the obvious high, the low ceiling and limitations that he has, but the floor won't be as low as other young head coaches either. So who knows what will happen? Um, the Redskins go out and get Ron Rivera, which is probably going to be the best hire of the of the NFL offseason. Um, I'm not not in love with Ron Rivera. I think that his message got stale in Carolina, but I think for a warlorn, forlorn team like the Redskins who need some positive direction. I think he's just the guy that was available this year. Um, for a team like that, you wouldn't want Eric bien you wouldn't want Matt Rule, you wouldn't want some of these young guys who haven't been head coaches before. You want somebody who's been there and who can stabilize your system. Um,
0: I totally agree with that. I yeah. Mean, I, I would hate the hire for most teams, but the Redskins, the Redskins so I... I and just. You phrased just it better so than I did, yeah. That, like, at least you have someone who can like bring in some stability and like a good reputation. Yep.
1: And even if you lose, at least you lose with class and dignity instead of, you know. I I, I like Jay Gruden. I think he's a a real smart guy. I hate him. Um, I think that a team that heard him talk about, you know, finishing the day and winning the day for so long, for four or five years, however long he was there, I think that it got stale. Um, I think Jay is probably the best case for an assistant somewhere else, you know. Um, I didn't think – yeah, go team up with his brother. It would make all the sense. I mean, I, I know we hate WWE little scenarios like that where brothers get on the same coaching team and no uh, avenge my family. I know that that kind of shit isn't very likely, but um, at, that, at this point in Jay's career, that's what makes the most sense. Um, speaking of Matt Rule, the Panthers, Ron Rivera's old job goes to Matt Rule. Um, I don't know how this is going to work with him never being a head coach before at, at, at this level. Um, I'm not crazy about him at Baylor. I think that he turned the program around, yeah. I mean, I think people forget that they ha- only had, you know, two wins a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, he has a good or no wins, right. actually, or whatever. You know,
0: he turned three programs around in the course of three years. So I think this is one of those kind of – I don't want to say, like, rebuilding, but one of those hires where it's kind of like we're in this for the long run. Um,
1: seven, seven years – 60 or $70 million, I think, plus incentives.
0: Yeah, I mean, I knew that the Panthers owner was going to do something like this because he's kind of like a Wall Street nut. Like, I knew he would kind of go for like and he, that. And,
1: and he's new, too. Yeah. Uh, he So, you know, he was going to try to take the team in a new direction at the first chance that he could. Yeah, and you
0: knew he was going to try to go, like, for some guy that was going to be, you know, kind of like a a big gamble. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, high risk, high reward. Yeah, I... I can't. I haven't really seen enough of Matt Rule uh, to say whether this guy's going to be a good head coach or not in the NFL. But yeah, I definitely think he has a proven track record of turning around some college programs. Uh, I definitely think that he has a good offensive mind. So I'm glad it's not my team taking the chance. But it'll, I'm definitely Interesting interested experiment. to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it works out. And you know, as I said, you know, I wasn't the craziest Ron Rivera guy. I think he's good for a team like the Redskins, but. I think if you're a team like the Panthers, my uh, division. You know, why not change it up? You know, it was, it was time for a change there, and you know they're, they're going with the upside play. They'll just be in a, it's a good hire. do uh, do a quarterback now. I mean, I'm just happy that there's one head coaching job left because only of, one. Both of my Ravens coordinators, you know, Wink Martindale, he was linked to the Giants. Looks like we'll definitely keep him. That's a blessing. Uh, Greg Roman. Interviewed with the Browns, but uh, I think they're gonna go after McDaniels. You know, maybe he stays again, but seems like he's the favorite for that job. So I'm kind of hoping he'll get that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, second time around, uh, he'll have a ton of talent on his roster. He'll be cursed because he'll be the Browns' head coach. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, you know, Freddie Kitchens clearly wasn't the answer. I thought they should have just kept uh, the interim from the year before. Uh, yeah, what's uh, his name? And they won a ton of games under that guy. I mean, when you're the Browns. Oh, it was
1: Kitchens, wasn't it? Or no, he was the OC. No, he was, was the, the OC. Jet.
0: Was it Schwartz? What? Schwartz, was it? No. It, it was like their def, like defensive coordinator. Let's see.
1: Or we'll, we'll, we'll kill some time oh, when we look at it. Think he's it with, be the I think he's
0: with the Jets now. The name's just escaping me. Look up Jets' defensive coordinator.
1: Let's see. Because the Browns' job is the only one to open. Um. We didn't think that this morning that the Giants would hire a receiver coach from the Patriots, but they did. And then um, with Matt Rule going to the Panthers, that you know checks off the last two. And
0: Jason Garrett's interviewing for the O.C. job with the Giants. I don't know if I like that. I,
1: I don't hate Jason Garrett as much as other people do. Do I think he's the guy? No, but I think he's a good you know kind of stabilizer. Like he's not going to let you lose all that many games, but he's also not going to do anything that wins you games either.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see him in a lesser role.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that it would be – it was Greg Williams.
0: Yeah, Greg Williams. There you go.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm the Browns. Greg Williams just to see – because, because I'm Team Chaos. It's not my team. So, I just wanted to see the most interesting kind of you know, scenario play out.
0: I just think if you're the Browns and you have something figured out, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because even if you can go 9-7, and seven, like that's your best year in a really long time. And you're positive. Yeah.
1: After being whatever in 14 so many years in a row.
0: Yeah, so not my problem. I mean, they can keep losing for decades to come. Uh, I thought it was funny when you know my Ravens we extended Marcus Peters, like Odell Beckham and like Jarvis Landry, like making fun of it. It's like, okay, dude. Like, first of all, he's like body, you guys. Second of all, hey Odell, like, how about getting like two touchdowns this year? You bum.
1: People always fuck around with Julio, but oh, Julio's good. We can't score touchdowns. I'm glad that it's finally somebody
0: else. Sorry, Odell, that you're a diva who sucks on his new team and your quarterback is the most overrated. D- Telling superstar. people to come come save him and come uh, get something us. Something tells me that uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to have as many commercials next year. No, no, he will not. So, the hype is dead. dead.
1: I, I was never a humongous fan of Baker Mayfield. I think he's good, but I don't think he's great. Um I think Cowherd was right with how how, how how much he rips on him because he's an immature NFL personality and finally we're seeing that shown. And he I is think, immature. And then I I, I think Cowherd gets a lot of hate on shit like that. I hate Colin Cowherd. It's kind of your thing with Collinsworth. It's like, he makes some good points, but I fucking hate him. I'm, I'm, I feel the same way about Colin Cowherd. It's, sometimes he makes good points, but it, I hate his little smarmy ass. But I think that he makes a lot of those points to where this, this, and this, and it takes us two years to see, and I think he was 100% right.
0: And look, I think he's a little bit better than what he was this year, but I definitely don't think he's as good as he was as a rookie. Uh, I just don't think, you know, there. I think there's a solid chance riding Baker Mayfield to the long list of, you know, Cleveland Browns quarterbacks over x Put another name on the jersey, another paper Um, post-it note on the jersey. I'm just not buying it.
1: Yeah, me neither. Um, But that's all we have for you today. We're going to review some more of these coaching hires and maybe the next episode if we have time after the playoff games, the National Championship talk. Um, I'll update the record. We'll go over last week's picks. We'll um, review for the next round of the playoffs the, the conference championship games. Um, but in my opinion right now, it will be the Ravens playing the Chiefs, and then it will be the Packers playing the Vikings. So, Harrison... The purple Super Bowl, baby. The purple Super Bowl. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Prince would be so proud We're mad that it's not in, in Minneapolis. But, Harrison, I'm tired of talking football. Plug yourself and let's go home.
0: All righty. Well, if you're tired of uh, talking about football, I will just throw in one last side note uh, for you golf fans. I don't know if you all watch that. Oh, God. Here he goes again on the golf. In that tournament in Hawaii. But three-way playoff, JT, uh, Xander Shoffley, and, uh, Patrick Reed. That was absolutely electric. My boy, Justin Thomas came out with a W roll tie. Great oh. way to start off the decade. It was actually one of the best golfing matches i watched in a second. Uh, so I just wanted to give a little shout out there. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Wait, 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 wait.
1: before you go, tell us what happened in the Ryder cup. Uh, the, or the, what was it? The, the one where they, they picked teams and then we were, yeah. we were down so bad.
0: It's not the Ryder cup. It's, uh, the president's cup. president's Cup. There you go. Um, Matt Kuchar putted one. I mean, U S was down like big time. Like I asked you about it. Yeah. Like they they hadn't, you know, it'd been like years since like there'd been that big of a comeback. Uh, Tiger Woods played really well. Matt Kuchar sinked a nice putt to, uh, ice it for the U S on the final day. So, uh, it's, there's actually low key. I mean, you know, it's kind of the off time of the year for golf, but, uh, it's, you know, I, I like to watch as much as I can. And, uh, you know, I'm just boring and white like that. And uh, well, Harrison, you know, Harrison it's, it's won't play golf. He'll just watch golf. Yeah, I've saw... played
1: golf with Harrison like five times, and me and Harrison have been friends forever.
0: Yeah, and he just I he saw... just won't play with me. I mean, I'll, I'll play with you. Like, I actually want to get out there more, but like, I am just like so bad because yeah, you know, most people like who like baseball or like golf. It's because they, they they played like, it growing up. They grew up playing mm-hmm. it. Uh, I found that most people who didn't grow up. Like, playing baseball, they be like, oh, baseball's so boring. Yeah, that's you uh, to play. It took me a long time to get into golf because I didn't really try to watch it. And Don't get me wrong, it's definitely more boring than all the other sports. But, you know, uh, just getting into the game, like, I'd say over the past year, you know, I've become, like, a pretty passionate golf fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy it. I enjoy watching it more than playing because I suck. But I do like getting out there. We should get out there here soon. Kevin. All
1: right, let's do it. I live right next door to a golf course, so you two, know where to go.
0: Right next to two
1: too, right, uh, actually. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, you know, if
0: you want to follow me, I'm at Harrison Coburn. That's spelled like Harrison Ford and James Coburn. Uh, and then at Sportsdogatl, uh, that's my Atlanta sports site. Uh, definitely go throw a follow on there if you like Atlanta sports. Um, so I appreciate y'all listening. Hopefully, I'll be back on uh, soon.
1: You will. It'll be either this week or next week. I gotta have you back on because I have a feeling that your Ravens will be playing in the Super Bowl. So, we will have to get a real life Ravens fans perspective and team overview for the year. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 122. You can find me on Instagram, Cohen underscore Hughes, uh, at TDD Pod for the podcast page. Um, Facebook, Daily Degenerate Sports, Shit Talk, Trash Talk, Nation, whatever th- it is, hit me up and I'll, you know, send you an invite to it. We do, we're degenerates on there. We talk shit, post news, do whatever. And, um, Facebook at Cohen Hughes, too, if you want to follow my personal. I always post jazz highlights, Falcon stuff, Brave stuff, and um, whatever else I think is relevant. So I guess that's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 122. Please like, subscribe, rate, follow, post, whatever the hell it is millennials do. And um, we'll see you next week for the episode. Thanks for listening.